0: Family group conferences, or FGCs as they are commonly called, is a restorative meeting used by children's services across the world in situations when a child is at risk of harm. Developed out of Maori community decision-making processes, the aim of an FGC is to bring family networks together to develop a plan that will ensure the safety and well-being of their child or children. Unlike most child protection meetings, however, the focus of an FGC is to create time and space without professionals present so that ideas and solutions can emerge within a child's network. Although the method can be adapted for many situations, within child protection it is usually used for young children subject to a child protection plan due to familial harm. Today, I'll be speaking to Claire Barton and Mark Buckingham Kent County Council's Family Group Conference team managers about the innovative work they are doing to expand this practice to include responses to extrafamilial harm, that is, young people's experiences of significant harm beyond their families. The following interview was recorded in June 2020 over an online platform and at times the sound quality may reflect this. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy
1: so um we would love to hear about your family group conferencing journey so firstly um tell me generally about what you like about family group conferences as a way of working
2: okay for me so what draws what draws me in this way of working is it it's a tool for the family to make their own decisions on what they see for the future and for the young person in question and moving forward it it's it's quite empowering for the family because they are the experts of themselves and of that young person or young people so it it makes sense for them to be the decision makers in what they see in needing to happen to move forward Claire would you like to add anything yeah I
3: I can add to that um I feel that families know their family best and their children best um and it's really key to involve the wider family Um, because actually as professionals we go in and out and our role within a family is very short um, and we might see them you know if we see them for an hour a week that that's good Um, whereas extended family are around all the time so really we're trying to strengthen the network about the child to to make sure the wider network and in family group conferencing when we talk about family we talk about we mean in the widest sense so we mean family friends and extended family and sometimes church family but all those people who are around a child to actually um, inform them of the local authorities worries and hope that they can they can manage some of that because if we you know keep telling them nobody likes to be told what they've got to do (laughs) we might say yes we're going to do it and not do it or we might might say no we're not going to do that so actually it's about ownership of that plan um and about them truly
2: understanding the issues
1: fantastic that's great it also
2: it's the voice of the child as well uh, in all fairness throughout that whole process um claire touched upon it where you know sometimes families are being done to rather than done with and actually if you involve if you think of a, a a teenage young man or a young lady um and you're giving them that opportunity to be part of that planning process for them to have a voice and them to have a say okay. on what they want to see for their future it's going to be beneficial to the process because they're more likely to come on board with mm-hmm. those plans for the future rather than rather rather than being given this plan and saying this is what you're going to do then they're, yeah. they're not they more likely won't do it but if they're part of that process and having their voice heard then it's more than likely going to be a positive outcome, so yeah. yeah.
1: Historically in Kent, what situations or problems were family group
3: conferences used for? Um, when we we initially started um, back in 2002, we started with in looking at children on the edge of care and we were really lucky in camp because we had Mike Doolan over to work with us he was the chief social worker in New Zealand when they set up family group conferencing over there mm. so um and he suggested placing it there so we it, the idea behind that is that it's got to be a high risk in terms of you know family are very often motivated by crisis so we, to, to get and work with the family at that point when a crisis is happening so you might lose your child into the care system when we when we first started in kent we were doing children 10 and under just because we weren't fully resourced to do more than that but we quickly in the next couple of years started taking referrals for all the edge of care
1: and so what was it that made you think that it could work with older young people
3: um well we've always worked with older young people, um, and you know, one of the keys of family group conferences is, is having the child's voice central to the whole process. So we start from the premise that they will be involved mm-hmm. in the FGC. We, our main aim would be to have them there. Um, but sometimes there are risks. So if we can't have them there, we think about can we have them there for part of the process or can we get their views fed in? So they're always part of that process. Um, But certainly for young people, older young people, we've always stood the ground that actually, you know, they need to be involved in that decision making. I mean, research tells us that young people feel um, disempowered by the decision making and decisions are are made for them on their behalf without them being consulted.
1: Just before you kind of go into uh, the current way of working, I just wondered if you could kind of elaborate on the differences now in kind of who were the partners before um, who were involved in family group conferences and has that changed any way in addressing yeah. extra-familial harm? Um, yeah. Uh,
3: yes, I think what, what we um, what's changed really is obviously because they're young people in care they are you know they have a social worker so we'd still have a social worker involved but when we did children on the edge of care the social worker was the main professional involved so we might have school along or a health visitor whereas the missing FGCs are more around and police being involved because obviously they're sometimes having to pick these young people up and they need to also be aware of the plan around them um, and sometimes school as well, but the foster carers, like I say, the foster carers and the and the parents would be seen as the child's family, which wouldn't necessarily be the case. <laughs> Obviously when we had an edge of care one, we wouldn't be considering the foster carers we'd be considering them as a, a professional. so um, yeah, it's about trying to bring them together to work out a plan. So yeah, a slightly different makeup to the FGC
1: yeah
3: we lost you sorry
1: yeah so we were just talking a bit about uh what partners are involved in your family
3: group conferencing now um yeah you're missing fgc's i kind of was saying as well we we chuck slightly changed the way we ran them
2: Yeah. yeah so bringing the family together to say okay well family and and the foster carers and so forth to stabilize that placement um because again I don't know if Claire said a lot of what we were finding was young people were going missing to be with their friends or to go back to be with their family whether it be the mum, dad, nan, granddad, aunts, cousins, uncles, that seemed to be the draw factor. Um, so it was more around what what could we do to stabilise that placement and bring everyone on board to support one another to make it a success but for the young person to know that also That although they're not living with their family it doesn't make them one step removed they are still part of that network that 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 is their fundamental DNA that's where they're coming from and they're they're still loved and cared for and wanted to be in that network and I think that that is why the missing element works so well um, because we focus on that one thing and then we'd review it maybe six to eight weeks later to then incorporate any other issues there, there might have been around the missing and and formalise other plans.
1: Yeah, so really harnessing that protective element of what families can play and other partners can mm-hmm. play, um, especially, I mean, it, it sounds like family group conferences in the way that you're using them can really capitalise on the role of other partners out beyond the family as well. Yeah. I suppose it's quite unique to have police involved in FCS. So I wondered whether um, they had any, or do you have any feedback from them? Or you know, have they given that perspective about what it's like to be involved in a family group conference process?
2: I think if I look back to, we worked with a young man, or actually no, we worked with a family that were... Um, subjected to kind of exploitation along the county lines um yeah just along county lines and the feedback we got from the the police officer what he investigating police officer at the time was he, he he actually felt his words were groundbreaking in terms of working with families that were had a young person or parents or whoever it may be uh, subject to county lines that were having to run drugs in and out of the county for for the gangs um he'd never these words were he'd never experienced a meeting like it because we would got the extended family together and we were looking at safety plans and. Yeah, the the feedback was that he he felt that the, the FGC process could have been rolled out to all of the all of the families that they were they were working with. Um, and he he found it a very, very positive experience and and likewise as much as we didn't get as much feedback from another police officer from a, another. Lad, we was working with again around county lines and drug running. Um, they found it really, really useful to be able to talk to all the extended family members around their concerns and worries um, in terms of um, from from things, i.e., resource and the amount of uh, time that the police were putting into this young person to to the to the other level of we're just really worried about your safety and your safety is paramount. Um, mm-hmm. And to hear that they had the same concerns as, you know, an uncle or an aunt or an elder sibling, um, was quite reassuring for the police to know that their thinking, the ways they're working, were joined up with how the family were feeling and thinking as well. Mm. So it has. We've had really positive feedback, not just from the police, but from, you know, from social workers, from family themselves, um, foster carers to the young people. Um, so it has been really, really positive
3: i was just gonna say i think the key to some of that work is the way that um they're run in terms of the open opening statements that um mm-hmm. keep the young person central do you want to say a little bit mark i just think it's it's useful to know what that looks like when they when you start that conference
2: i think when when we start the conference we do the we do the basic introductions of who's who and why is everyone there um but it's a very restorative-led process so everyone will have their say um, and all the information that's drawn up in the first part of the meeting is live and the way what i mean by that is you'll go to a lot of meetings where a report is completed a week before you go to to a meeting for a young person their family a missing FGC or county lines FGC or exploitation FGC if we want to put it for want of a better word all of that is spoken about there and then it's all live so we'll introduce everyone and we'll be saying everyone is going to have their say everyone's going to be able to um, respond to a worry or concern but that worrying concern is directed to you as a family it's directed to the young person And that young person will be supported by myself as the coordinator to respond appropriately if they want to. Um, But it's a safe environment to do so. So, for example, the social worker may turn around and say, little Bob, I'm really worried that you're you're going missing. Um, We don't know where you are five days a week. We're worried about the people that you may be hanging around with Um, and, and go into those concerns and little Bob will get a chance to come back and, and have their say and explain why they're worried uh, or why they shouldn't be worried and, and just generally discuss those concerns. And the fam- the other family members can also have those conversations and join in. But what we do is scale each concern and each family member will have their, their chance to have those conversations. So if you think of uh, a circle, I might go around one by one to the circle and find out who who's got a worry and what the worry is, because nine times out of 10, everyone has a different worry. Although they're all worried about the same things, that there might be a different element to that worry. Um, so he, he, like I say, it's very restorative, um, but it allows everyone to have their voice heard. Um, and from there, we can we can track the progress because we scale the concern 0 to 10 not being that it's the end of the world and 10 being that everything is fine you know we can scale that at the end of um, those conversations at the end of the meeting to see if their worries have decreased because of the plans that they put into place and the conversations that they've had
3: you also ask for a strength mark as well, don't you? I
2: do. Yeah. I, yeah. I had. To, i, I forgotten about that. So when I introduce people, what I will do is ask them to just give me a strength about that young person. Just. It could be anything. It could be absolutely anything. It could be every time I see the young person, they make me smile to the point of you know they're fantastic at football. They go to school. Whatever it might be, any strength, because. What we don't want the young person to feel like is a blaming exercise and, and they're just there to have the finger pointed at them and shouted out and told off. Because a lot of young people are used to that. But, you know, I think always starting it off on a positive note will enable the meeting to be a lot more positive as well. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's really fantastic. And it's just that safe space, isn't it, to open up and talk with each other mark could you just tell me a bit about what what kinds of extrafamilial situations you have addressed through family group conferencing
2: yeah we've so a lot of it is around exploitation so um we've we've created in kent we created a bit of mapping with um key partners and agencies that we worked with um so we've been able to map young people around um the exploitation that they might be vulnerable to. So we, yes, so we've 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 worked with families for missing. We've worked with families for county lines. Um, we've worked with young people that are maybe being exploited, i.e. Like, I, I, sexual exploitation, um, gang related um, exploitation as well. So they're the they're the key areas that I, I would say fundamentally we've we've covered um, outside of our normal remit of social care
1: what benefits have you seen so far or are there any challenges that you are coming across
2: well the benefits we we track our young people um their missing episodes. so we'll track them um a year prior to we'd look at their missing episodes a year prior to having their family good conference and then we'll track them up to a year after they've had their family good conference to see what benefits there are to having a family good conference or not.
3: And I think, you know, there's the hard outcomes. Our missing data outcomes is shows real positive outcomes, but it's the softer outcomes as well. It's the fact that I'm thinking of one of the first young people we did, Mark, you know, her um, relationship with her mum improved enormously she decided from that that she wanted to contact dad and then she started working with dad on a saturday yeah. but that all stemmed from that meeting um where she was very much treated as an adult and was central to that decision making yeah yeah and the county lines one where you know a mm-hmm. young person wouldn't have been able to go and live ha- at home with their grandparents if the police hadn't been there at that meeting we yeah. had the They phoned up and got security alarms fixed straight away. Um, And so she was allowed, they were allowed to go back to the home with the young person. Yeah,
2: yeah. We had the FGC on a Friday afternoon, Mm -hmm. and by um, nine o'clock Monday morning, the grandparents were able to return to their family home with their granddaughter because they'd got CCTV on the property, which Mm Eradicated two of the main concerns that social care had in regards to this young person, um, and if we hadn't had that meeting and we hadn't had the, the the county lines officer there, I I don't believe that we'd be in the in where we are now. That young person is now living with her grandparents on a special uh, special guardianship order. Um, and happy. And I'd, I'm not sure that we would have had that outcome if the police officer hadn't been there. So again, that small little window of opportunity. But we, we I say we are tracking our young people. And as a rule, not everyone, because it doesn't, it won't suit everybody. Um, but as a rule, then every young person's missing episodes are coming down. Now it could be at a rate of knots or it could just be one or two a month, but it, it is a positive. Progress in terms of the rates coming downwards.
1: And okay, what are those factors that, that bring bring the case the missing episodes down? Is it just having that space to come up with a plan altogether and reflect on some of and the
2: being a safe meeting? It's a safe place to say, This is what my worries and concerns are. It's a safe place to turn around and say, This is why I'm going missing. You know, it's a safe place to be able to say sorry mum, sorry dad, the reason I go missing is because of what's happening at home, you know, because we're able, as as coordinators, we're all very, very experienced in terms of working with families and being able to hold meetings and manage those emotions and think on our feet, because a lot of it is thinking on our feet, because you don't know what someone's going to say from one minute to the next, but we're able to manage that for the best of the family, so I think the environment being safe, and it being empowering for the family is probably a very very much the key elements to them being successful. And it just stabilises the placements long-term. Now, whether that young person is in foster care or living at home, you know, it's stabilisation, so.
3: It just clarifies things, and, and I do think it does help them. A, the young person knows that actually it's because people actually care about them as opposed to just telling them what to do. Um, but also just opens out that communication across the, all the young people involved in that that young person's life, and trying to work together rather than against. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about sort of the interventions that you, the interventions, the outcomes of the plan. So you come together in this space, and everyone gives their perspective. Um, and would you say your interventions are quite different from standard
3: statutory meetings or well I I think it's very different as in any family group conference is different that you know it's almost like if you're look at it in terms of football it's like a, a home game really so we'd hold these meetings in somewhere that is really comfortable for the family to be in rather than a social services building so uh, a local family centre or the school or a community centre um, it is very family-led we'd have the family in the room first, get them settled down before we invite the professionals in instead of the other way around, that they are very much in control. And like I say, the in those ones in particular, we'd be treating the professionals and the family in the in the same way. Um, so I do I do think it's about empowering and trying to give people the power to to control their own own situations and and make decisions for themselves which you know is is really important and it's an important part of um us modeling how adults should behave as well in for young people um would you agree mark
2: yeah absolutely i think i said it earlier that every family is different every young person is different so we can't just have a blanket approach of this is who must attend the family group conference. It has to be someone that's going to be able to change the dynamics. It's going to be someone that's going to be able to provide information to family members to help make changes. Um, and I, I remember when talking to the police before and I think Claire touched upon it with the park wardens but actually some of the people to actually really touch base with are the street cleaners and the dustman men and ladies that you know work early in the mornings at six o'clock in the morning that do do get to see the missing young people. So they can report in to say, I've seen little Bob. He's this part of Maidstone or wherever it may be. Um, So it's about absolutely widening our approach and looking at who who would add value to that.
3: I think it's a very powerful tool. Um, It can have a big impact on a young person who's ready to hear. Um, we've had an awful lot of success not not all of it's been a success and I know we had a really really powerful family group conference for a young person Um, but unfortunately he was just too deep in with the gangs he Mm. was financially obligated to them that we weren't able to put that in place but you know I think I would recommend this way of working um, to anybody so yeah
1: I mean, going on from that, what would you say some of the main challenges are?
2: It, the, the main key issues are timeliness of the referral, but also resource. So, you know, teams are resourced as highly as they can be to make sure that they can meet the need and the growing needs of having these sorts of meetings um, and then being able to progress them positively for for the young people and the families for the after and so when they've completed their plans and we're saying that these these key agencies are going to work with you they're not having to be sat on a waiting list for the next six months waiting for that to happen because obviously we do have that tiny window of um where change can happen so that would be mine claire would you agree or would you add to that
3: yeah i i definitely would agree um yeah i'm just thinking of of the challenges is yeah, it's just about our time as well and us, because obviously our remit is for, <laughs> and I'm sure for lots of family group conference services, our remit is for, you know, children on the edge of care and that is our bulk work. So it's just trying to find the time to to do these other um, pieces of work. But I think that they are very valid and very valuable. Uh, I mean, in Kent we were working with the higher end, as Mark has said before, the, the children who were most frequent MISPAS really. Um, and we managed to achieve, achieve some great outcomes with them. It's but it's about how you resource the, the people to do that as well. So um it's a human resource from yeah. our point of view as well yeah. as well as anything else. So
1: it sounds really fantastic.
3: So we've had some really, really good results in terms of reducing the numbers of missing episodes. Um, And we had a very good mention in Ofsted when they they left about the innovative use of family group conferences in in this way. Um, And from there, we've gone on to look at some of the county lines work. And now we're looking towards actually holding a um, contextual safeguarding conference. Um, We're hoping to try that next to keep, keep on innovating. But I think that that then has an impact on the rest of our work as well. So I would hope that one of the outcomes of holding these has also been to make us think for our ordinary, well, no FGCs ordinary, because they're all different for every family. Mm-hmm. But to think about the wider aspects of who should be involved, um, rather than it just being social worker health visitor (laughs) school and the family that actually there are other people out there that are are really key and really important to to keeping young people safe i think you know we're thinking a lot more about space now um and we're hoping to do some more wider contextual work in the autumn would have been now but obviously we've been on lockdown so yeah so it's made it a little bit more tricky but um we we this was just the beginning for us of our journey, really, on, on yeah. thinking much more widely about who should be there and who is relevant and about that local ownership to problems mm. that are happening in the wider community as well, really.
1: Oh, that's really fascinating, though, to hear about everything that you're doing.
2: Um,
1: I just wondered whether you had any tips or thoughts for other practitioners working with young people in this way?
2: For me, I would say embrace it. Um, don't be scared. Don't you know? Don't 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 think. I don't overthink things. Don't don't be worried about making a mistake. Um, be be confident in your ability to to work with families, to run meetings, to to you know to work with the families to enable them to know what's what's best for them because they they are the experts of themselves um i think it's it, it's about being open and honest and transparent um because that's that's our philosophy that's our ethos is to you know to treat everyone the same um when anyone walks through that meeting it doesn't matter if you're a family member or a professional you're all there for one thing and that's for the young person um so for me it's it's about being yourself as well um and wanting to help be part of that change and planning process um and make change really so
3: yeah i just add trust the process it's a tried and tested process <laughs> we know it works
2: yeah trust in yeah. it yeah
1: fantastic thank you guys so much for taking the time to speak with me yeah, um right
2: speak to thank soon you,
3: Vanessa.
0: That was Claire Barton and Mark Buckingham talking to us about Kent's family group conferencing with young people experiencing extrafamilial harm. Thank you very much for listening.